أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد الحمد لله ما شاء الله here in the uh, Ummah Center in Columbia Station Ohio we continue our uh, late night majlis on this Mubarak 26th night of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write us all from the Utaqa and from those whose necks are manumitted from the uh, prison of the hellfire Amin. So we continue Mawlana Sayyid Abdul Hassan Ali al-Nadwi's uh, uh, reading uh, uh, of the saviors of the Islamic spirit uh, with regards to Mawlana Jalaluddin Rumi under the subheading, uh, The Love of God. The impetus received by the movement of rationalism and scholasticism in the 7th century of the Muslim era had cooled the yearnings of the human soul for the apprehension of the divine. Uh, from one end of the Islamic world to another, leaving a few illuminated souls here and there, nobody seemed to have any taste for divine manifestation and illumination of the heart. It was as if an apathy or coolness had overtaken the hearts of people. It was a situation expressed by Iqbal in the following verse. The fire of love has cooled down. What a calamity it is. The Musulman is not but a heap of ashes. What's ashes? It's the wood, but the heat is already gone. It was at this critical stage that Rumi sounded the note of alarm and exhorted the people to betake the path of love. His call fired the frenzy of love once again, and the entire world of Islam uh, answered. Rumi explained what he meant by love and to what sublime eminence it could raise people. He says, it's a quote from the Masnavi, By love, bitter things become sweet. By love, pieces of copper turn to gold. Who, who's the copper? It's you and me. <laughs> who's the gold? Inshallah, it's you and me as well. Who's the bitter one? It's you and me. But who's the, the sweet afterward? Inshallah, by Allah's fadl, it's you and me as well. He says, by love, bitter things become sweet. By love, pieces of copper turn into gold. By love, dregs become clear. By love, pains become healing. You know what dregs are? Dreg. Dreg. D-R-E-G. It's like it's like the like if you have like like uh, it's in wine like the rot of the wine is the dregs like you have some rotten grape juice that's like actually just moldy grape part that got caught in it and that didn't get filtered out so the person who's drinking the wine they throw the they throw the dregs out and you could have it like an orange juice or whatever if you see like it's gone bad the part the gross part that floats you know so he says by love dregs become clear meaning it returns to the non disgusting state. By love, pain becomes healing. By love, prisons become a garden. And without love, garden, gardens become desolate. By love, prisons become a garden. And without love, gardens become desolate. By love, illness contributes to health. Illness contributes to health. And the scourge becomes a blessing. By love, the dead is made living. And by love, the king is made a slave. You saw that, right? Mashallah, the whatever Queen Elizabeth's grandson, Mashallah, he fell in love and now he's like he abandoned the whole palace and he's gone. He's like in LA or whatever. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it does strange things. So if you're going to fall in love with someone, that's fine. I'm sure that his wife is a lovely woman. I'm not trying to say anything bad about her, but you fall in love with someone worthy of your love and maybe you might end up somewhere nicer than LA. Rumi describes the vigor of love and its virtue in these words Through love, the earthly abode soared to the skies. The mountain began to dance and become nimble. Love inspired Mount Sinai, O lover. So that Sinai was made drunken and uh, Moses f fell in a swoon. 
and this is a passage that describes what? وَخَرَّ مُوسَى سَعِقَى This is, this is a, a passage of the Qur'an that he's describing. That it was, it was what the, the tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, in that mountain, it completely rent the mountain ascender and Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, uh, 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 he, 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 fell, he fell in a swoon. What is that? If it's not, if it's not mahabba. So he's saying that that's what it is, that the intensity of connection that uh, Sayyidina Musa had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a very special something that people should think about. You go for hajj, you see the Jabal Nur, right? This is a place that has no less value or no less importance in the history of humanity than the Jabal Tur, that the, the wahi came down on Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he didn't know he didn't know how many just the Quran is going to have, or which month of the year he's going to be fasting, or what the arkan and sunnahs of Hajj are, or how much what percentage zakat is going to be. But there was something that called him to it, and by the barakah of that thing, what what he would go literally go six for six months he would go and just just he wanted to be alone with Allah and nobody else. And that's, that's what he's saying by love. That's what love is. Love is the thing that makes a person, draws a person to something that other people will think that they're crazy. And, uh, uh, but you know, to them it makes more sense than uh, what senses of other people. He says, through love, the earthly body soared to the skies. I mean, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa his mi'raj. And the mountain began to dance and became nimble. Love inspired Mount Sinai, O lover. So that Sinai was made drunken and Moses fell in a swoon, alayhi salam. Mulana Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi continues, he says, Love is so dignified and high-souled that it cares nothing for empires. One who has once drunk at the spring of love looks, at, dis, looks with disdain at all worldly possessions. Iqbal has expressed the same idea in the couplet in which he says, Listless it turns the heart from heaven and earth. How should I describe what the flavor of love is like? The lover hardly cares for anything. He is mad after the supreme beauty. Rumi says, Love turns heedless of the world's this or that. A thousand madnesses it imbibes in the lover's heart. The lover becomes a king of kings and the object of true love. He tramples underfoot the crown and scepter of authority. Overt and latent quote, to the empires his wanders are. For those who rule the heart aspire for him. He treads a path different from others. Even the throne of the king is under his foot. It's a quote from the Masnavi. Speaking of love, arrogant and stately, Rumi himself becomes enchanted by tremendous spiritual enthusiasm and he says, Worldly dominion is lawful only to those who indulge the body. We lovers are devoted to the everlasting kingdom of love. Meaning what? If a person has the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't care anymore for these things. Really, Rasulullah didn't care. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, the companions, the Khulafa Rashidun, they were like, in some ways, we would think they're like majzub people. Why? Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he like, uh, they had to convince him even to take a, a, a stipend for his work. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he used to take qaylula, he used to, he used to take his daily nap in the masjid. The other people had enough adab to know that if someone comes from outside and they say, I want to talk to Omar, like to stop them from waking him up because if he doesn't rest, it's going to like harm his health. Otherwise, he himself didn't care for any of those things. 
Anyone else who does something like that or who rules in a way like that, it's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. But this is, this is like the, uh, the, the state that this mahabba of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in them. They really didn't care. They really didn't care. Sayyidina uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, they complained that he was sent to be the governor of Bahrain. The people complained that all he does is he, he prays tahajjud all night and fasts all day and like he's bent over with hunger all of the time. It's hard to even like get anything done with him. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu literally called him back and said, you know what? Keep teaching hadith. This you know, ruling is not for you. This is not your gig. Why? Because they didn't care anymore. And it doesn't mean that they weren't effective rulers. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was a very effective administrator. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu was actually a very effective ruler. And Islam expanded in his reign in a way that it didn't expand in other people's reign. They're very sagacious people. They're very wise people. The decisions they made, it seems like the ummah basically after their rule ended, the ummah has just been coasting ever since then. The sacrifices that they made and things that they put in place, everything that's right with Islam that works, it was from their era. Uh, and so what is, you know, what, do, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that if you're like in love, you know, that if you have love in your heart, you don't eat or drink anymore. It's just you don't care about these things anymore. They no, no longer capture your uh, attention. This is one of the reasons, you know, especially in the, in the, uh, in the Persianate or in the Ajami uh, cultures of the East, uh, these types of works are given a lot of importance. Why? Because the people don't have a connection with the Quran. And so these are simple uh, ideas that are put forth simply in order to describe the ahwal of the companions radiallahu anhum, the ahwal of the mashayikh radiallahu ta'ala anhum rahimahumullah tabarak wa ta'ala uh, in order to revive that, that kind of fascination that people used to have with the love of Allah ta'ala that this is my Rabb and I'm going to make him happy and like to hell with the rest of the world what is it going to do if Allah ta'ala is with me what else, what else is it, what is it, is it going to do? And it's there in the hadith of the Prophet it's there in the Quran, all of them, you know, if they all got together, the ins and the jinn, the first of the, the creation and the last of them, in order to benefit you with something that Allah Ta'ala wrote that you're not going to benefit from it, then uh, it's not going to benefit you. And if they all got together in order to harm you with something Allah Ta'ala wrote that it's not going to harm you, it's not going to harm you. This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sad part is now what happens is that the Arabs are no longer Arabs anymore. They need no longer, they no longer have connection with the, the, the language either. It's just an identity now. It's just a flag. It's just an identity. In the old days, if an Arab was a, a, a profligate, if he was a fasik, what would he do? Get drunk and listen to khamriyat, listen to poets like say wine poetry. There's a fasaha in it. At least if you can understand that poetry, you'll understand the Qur'an. It's not good. It's definitely a bad thing. It's not something I recommend. The American Liver Association definitely doesn't recommend it either. But uh, nor do the nor do the fuqaha, you know, give fatwa in, in its in its uh, uh, permissibility. But at least that's one thing is that you would be able to understand. They would be those people would be able to understand when they heard the Quran. It would affect them. But uh, uh, unfortunately, sadly, now that that's gone as well. That ability to access that that. Uh, 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 that message of, 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 of a type of love that like, you know, in al-muluka idha dakhalu, hafzab, help me out. Fi qariyatin afsaduha wa ja'alu a'izzata ahliha avilla. Right? That uh, the, the, the queen Bilqis of Sabah, she, she said that like, we don't want this army to come here because this is kings, their habit is when they enter into a, a country, they completely turn it upside down. 
and they make the most noble and most honored people in that, that country, they humiliate them the most. Why? Because they're trying to show there's a new system in town. So the governors and the judges and the people who are prominent people, they humiliate them the most. And the, they let the like, riffraff go. They don't mess with them. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting that, you know, the mashayikh from, from the mashayikh who made tafsir of this ayah, they said that. They said that Allah Ta'ala, one of his, one of his attributes is what? That Allah Ta'ala is al-malik. Allah Ta'ala is the king. Allah Ta'ala is the king of kings. Allah is the malik al-muluk. That when Allah Ta'ala's love enters into a heart, that's exactly what it does. It completely turns it upside down. Completely turns it upside down. To the point where those things that a normal heart would find so important, those are the things that, that because of the love of Allah Ta'ala, the, 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 the heart of the lover now takes a special joy in, 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 in disrespecting them. What is it that everybody loves so much? Right? Money, property, power. Right? The mashayikh, they, 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 they used to take a special enjoyment, a special pleasure in showing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that these things mean nothing to me. These things mean nothing to me. Uh, and so the thing is, look, this is a maqam not everybody is going to make it to this station. And not everyone's there. And for most people, there are some exceptions, but for most people, the one who aspires to it, it takes a very long life filled with hard work in order to attain it. However, just the love of this maqam and the celebration of it, the idea that this is a good thing, this is a sign of khair in people. Because the wilaya of the awliya, the sainthood of the saints, itself is a, 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 a very lofty and high position with Allah. To bear witness to it is itself a, a, a type of wilaya as well. Imagine the Rasul sallallahu alayhi who he was. No one else is going to be him, right? The companions radiallahu anhum were the companions what? Because they saw him and they said, this is we bear witness that you're the messenger of Allah. That's itself a station. And so this is, a, this is kind of like, like money on the table. Like, you know, to put it in business terms, we're leaving money on the table here. That if you're not going to be like that, you're like, oh, Shaykh, I kind of do like money and it's nice to be in a nice house and this and that. It's okay, I, I, I love money too, mashallah. I love all sorts of dunya things, trust me. Right? But the thing is, this is at least to say like these people, this is the one who really loves Allah. But what is it nowadays that we do? No, you know, Shaykh, this is extreme, this is this, this is, that, this is extreme, this is a dream, this is, uh, you know, cream. I don't know, like, this is, they, they, you know, we should, like, you know, don't, you guys pray too much in the masjid, and you should pray less, and you should read less Qur'an, and you should have less rak'ahs, and you should have, you know, and, you know, we should cancel Jum'ah just for, for another year, just for fun. Like, the danger is gone. When, when there's danger, even I say, okay, go ahead, cancel Jum'ah, I don't want people to die, you know? But, like, when the danger is gone, let's cancel this and cancel that, and, you know, it's haram, I don't say everything's haram, it's all halal, it's okay. And this, people are trying to discount from every side, from every side, until the deen itself has become discount, so heavily discounted, it just becomes cheap. Where's the love then? Where's the love that's left, right? You, you go home and your wife, you know, or, you know, your husband, the sisters, right? They ask, what's the proof that you love me? Uh, what are you going to say? You'll be like, you remember that one time? Like, I did something that I didn't want to do. I only did it because I love you. Right? You're not going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, remember we went to that dinner to the one restaurant that I like and we ordered the thing that I like and you paid for it? Is that a proof of love? No, dude, that's bogus. Like, she's, she's going to start re-evaluating re the, the foundation of this relationship, right? 
And then look on the flip side. When you go on Hajj, what do you do? You throw, you throw rocks at the at the uh, uh, at the Jamarat. The Rasul says, when you throw a, a, a rock at the Jamarat, for every rock that's thrown, for every stone that's cast, one sin is forgiven. That is such a sin that if Allah were to take you to account fully for that sin, you would have gone to the hellfire. Such a sin is forgiven. But like, think about it like, a, like think about it like, not from fiqh and not from theology. Think about it from like a very human point of view, right? Imagine there's like a young couple, right? And the young lady catches her Romeo like, looking as another young lady walks by. She's gonna be like, "What were you looking at? What is he gonna say?" He's gonna say, "No, no, she, oh, she's nothing. Yeah, she's that, oh, no, not her. Her hair is disgusting, or she's like this. I would never. She's nothing compared to you, right?" What is it? It's a very human thing. It's a very human thing. If the fiqh is there and if all the other things are there but the love is gone, where's the, where's the, where's the benefit? Otherwise, there are many people who walk by and they just, they're just hucking rocks at a thing. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point of it? If Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept it, what's the point? That they're hucking rocks at the, at the thing but the love isn't there. That they don't, and you see on the flip side, there are some people, mashallah, very simple villagers, they go on hajj and they go like overboard. When, when they, uh, uh, you know, when they go like, Allahu Akbar, and they're like, as if they're like, you know, like firing a rocket at a, at a tank or something, or like, you know, in the old days, the, the, the yeah, man, you know, they're, they're, they're cussing, some people start cussing at the thing, like using foul language and thing, and it's like not in shaitan, it's just like a stone pillar, like it's a stone wall, you know, it's not actually shaitan, and like, or in the old days, they used to have the pillar, it was actually a pillar, now it's like a wall, right? It's actually, it used to be a pillar. People would get up on it and start beating it with their chapel and like with their ship ship and start beating it and like, and okay, the fiqh is wrong. If you ask the mufti, is this good? No, you can't do that. Haram, like what are you doing? Get that person off of there, right? The majzub, miskin, like lost their mind. But at least the heart's in the right place. At least the heart is in the right place. And if their heart is in the right place, who knows, maybe that, you know, like kind of like bogus, like hajj or bogus jamarat that they did. Maybe Allah Ta'ala loved it and forgave them anyways. You know, again, this is like, don't do this at home. You, if you guys, if you and me do it, we're going to be faking because we saw someone else. But I'm just saying that those are genuine feelings that people have. If you can combine that knowledge of fiqh with this genuine feeling, that's where the barakah is. That's what the Rasul Sallallahu came with. That's what he taught. That's the Khulafa Rashidun. You combine the knowledge with this genuine feeling and that's, that's uh, uh, where it's supposed to take you. So, Mawlana uh, Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi, he continues... He says, love is so dignified and high soul that it cares nothing for empires. Uh, one who has once drunk at the spring of love looks with disdain at all worldly possessions. Uh, uh, he says that, this uh, um, is Rumi says, love turns the heedless of the worlds, love turns one heedless of the worlds, this or that. A thousand madnesses it imbibes in the lover's heart. The lover becomes a king of kings and an object of true love. He tramples underfoot the crowns and scepters of authority. Uh, uh, speaking of love, arrogant and stately, which is a very strange thing. He could describe Mulana as arrogant in this sense, but like meaning what? Indignant, I think maybe a better word uh, to use. Uh, Rumi himself uh, becomes enchanted by a tremendous spiritual enthusiasm. It says, worldly dominion is lawful only to those who indulge the body. We lovers are devoted to an everlasting kingdom of love. He says, Lover, love is the only sickness, the only malady welcomed by its sufferer who never desires to recover from it. The lover really desires a continuous increase in his affliction. 
Quote, all the sick hope to be cured, but this sick one sobs, crying, increase my sickness. I have found no drink sweeter than this poison and no state of health that can be sweeter than this disease. After the illness of love, no other sickness can overtake the lover. Quote, the words spoken by him deliver you from the words of idle disputation and the sickness of love inspired by him lets you escape from uh, the sickness of this world. If love is a sickness, it is a thousand, uh, worth a thousand healths. It pains and pinches, but still it is sweeter than a thousand pleasures. Therefore, the sickness of love is the very soul of health. Its pains are the envy of every pleasure. Rumi uh, says that love essentially is a spiritual passion. If uh, uh, it is to be regarded, by, uh, regarded as a sin, virtue can be rightly be sacrificed as, at its altar. In so far as it serves to purify the soul, it helps to ascend to divine favor in a moment uh, that years of penance and prayer may be unable to attain. What does that mean? Like, is this just something, you know, like some goofy Sufi stuff that they, they, they made up? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa literally a, a, a Bedouin walked into the Masjid in Medina Munawwara and asked, Al-mar'u yuhibbu qawman wa lamma yalhaq bihim. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. That a Bedouin walked into the Masjid, saw the companions, radiallahu anhum, and says, what do you say about a man who loves a people but is unable to be as good as they are? And what did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa say? He says, a, a, a person will be with the one that they love. So what, does, what is that? What is that? So Rumi says that love essentially is a spiritual passion, even if it is to be regarded as a sin, virtue can be rightly sacrificed at its altar, insofar as it serves to purify the soul and helps to ascend to divine favor in a moment. In a moment, that which years of penance and prayer may be unable to attain. That a person through the love of the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, if he was just to sit in the desert himself and just do his istighfar and his salat, that love would never have had a place to enter into his heart. But he came in and saw how much better these people are than he is. And instead of being a hater, because what happens? People are like haters. You know, they're like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Pakistani, you know, what does he know or whatever? Like, what does, you know, this... Uh, okay, fine. Like, maybe that's fine. What do I know? But you see somebody else doing good or you see somebody else in a good position and you, like, be you become jealous or a hater or resent them for it. Instead of that, if you love them for it, What's the recompense? Is that even if they have a state that you would have never been able to achieve through the barakah of love, what will happen? You'll, get, you'll, you'll, you'll connect with them somehow. You won't literally become them, but somehow you'll connect with them. Whatever they're getting from that, you'll also get a share of it. Allah Ta'ala will write for you some portion of what they, uh, uh, what they have. No act of piety can be better than this sin. This is obviously, this is the uh, metaphor of, of, of literary people, right? When you write poetry and things like that, it's not written like a law book. It's not really a sin. But he's saying that if somebody wants to be a hater and say, oh, you guys are all just goofballs. Say, no act of piety can be better than this quote-unquote sin. Years in comparison with this moment are, uh, are, are nothing. They're just like a short period of time. Meaning what? Years of hard work, there's a lot of barakah in them. But one moment of love will transport the heart from one place to another in a way that the years of work can't do. And, you know, we should do both. It's a sunnah to do both. Sunnah to do both. You can't just, you can't just abandon, you know, one or the other. In fact, the person who says, oh yeah, I'm just going to do love and I'm going to abandon the years of work, then you have to wonder, okay, is this really love or not? Because that's not how lovers talk. But, if you're going to do the work anyway, you're going to put in the hard work anyway, 
and you know that this is a bonus that comes with it. Which is that if you look with the eye of love and if you feel with the heart of love something that you, somebody, you know, like they passed a salat and they're like, how wonderful is this salat? How wonderful is this Qur'an that's being recited? How high and noble is its kalam and how beautiful is the things that it commands to? You know, just that one moment of, of the light of, of mahabba inside of a person's heart. You know, that will, that will take all of those hours of, you know, listening and standing and taraweeh and driving for miles. It'll take that and it'll just launch it into the, into the stratosphere. The blood of a martyr uh, of love is purer than water, for the martyr does not need a, a purifying bath and ablution. It's a, a masa that, that we don't give ghusl to the we don't give ghusl to the shaheed. For martyrs, blood is better than water. This fault committed by him is better than a hundred right actions of another. Why? Imagine a person, a normal person, when they die, you give ghusl to the body, whereas the shaheed, the, the blood and the wounds are left the way they are. And the hadith of the Prophet is what? That the person that shaheed will be called on the day of judgment and their wounds will bleed uh, crimson like the blood in this world. But it won't, be, it won't be blood, it won't be najis, rather it will be more fragrant than misk. It will be like a sign of honor on that day. So which person is going to want to be shaheed? Nobody wants to die. Someone said, hey, Sheikh, you know, you want to get a paper cut? I don't even want to get a paper cut. It's horrible. It sucks. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't still to this day, we have all these doctors. You're still to this day, I despise getting uh, vaccinations. This is not anti-vaxxer. I'm just saying general, right? Whatever vaccination it might be. Because it hurts, not because it's not efficacious or whatever, right? But then you see what the, what the maqam that the shaheed has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are generations of people who desired that shahada the only thing that can make that happen inside your heart is what? it's this love it's this love that we don't talk about anymore it's this love of Allah Ta'ala that makes people desire these things the hadith of the Prophet that whoever desires and asks Allah Ta'ala with, with sincerity that you should take me as a shaheed that you should take my life for your sake that I should be a martyr in your path Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will write for, for that person the reward of a shaheed even if he dies in old age on his bed. <coughs> what is the good deed being done there? It's not shahada, it's not actual martyrdom. It's what? It's the love. That's what Allah Ta'ala loves and that's what he accepts. Otherwise if a shaheed, someone goes out to show off how tough they are or whatever, just because their friends are going, they don't think about it and they die. Then of course the, that person's maqam with Allah Ta'ala will not be like the maqam of the person who knew what he was sacrificing, but wanted to sacrifice it for the sake of Allah because of the love of Allah Ta'ala. The distraught lover of God is not liable to follow the laws and ordinances promulgated for ordinary folk. How can tithe be levied on a village already devastated? So how can you, how can you tax a village when it's already been burned down? He says, to lovers there is a burning which consumes them in every moment. Tax and tithe are not imposed on a ruined village. Love is the heritage of our father Adam salam, while Satan bequeathed artfulness and cunningness. Quote, He that is blessed and familiar with spiritual mysteries knows that the intelligence, uh, what the intelligence of Iblis is and knows what the love of Adam is. The cunning and artful depends on his wits and craftiness while the lover seeks asylum from his friend and entrusts himself to his care. Cunningness and artfulness are like swimming in a deluge while love is like the ark. Right? Cunningness and artfulness is like learning to swim when the flood comes. 
Whereas love is like the ark, which is going to be the thing that saves you. You're not going to how you swim the entire across the, from them. Someone drops you in the middle of the ocean. You're going to swim across this. It's not going to work. You need something else. You need something else to take you across. And has anyone seen the crafty and the cunning coming out safely from the great deluge? Or has anyone seen Sayyidina Nuh Salam's ark submerging in it? Intelligence is like swimming in the seas. He, the swimmer, is not saved. He is drowned at the end of his business. Love is as a ship for the elect. Seldom is calamity the result. For the most part, it is deliverance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of mahabba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us true mahabba. Allah ta'ala give us true knowledge. Allah ta'ala give us true mahabba for Allah ta'ala and for his deen and for his rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and for the sunnah of his rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala make us from those who love to sacrifice for his sake and who are enchanted and whose attention and whose imagination is captured by the one thought that my Rabb should be happy with me, that he should be pleased with me, and that the best day of my existence should be the day that I return to him. May Allah make it so. Wa sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.